right, you guys, before we get into today's episode of the pod, you guys have to subscribe because I'm looking at you and you are not subscribed to the channel yet. And also you have to hit the notification bell because you're not going to know when I post if you don't have notifications when I post. And then also share the video, you guys. So all your family, friends, anybody you may know can tune into this podcast. And then also like the video so I know you guys are liking these episodes. And also comment down below who you guys would like to see on this podcast. It could be anybody. Just let me know. And then also follow my social medias. I'm going to pop them on the screen so you guys can stay up to date with everything to do with this podcast. And then also check out the Spotify version as well. It's going to be in the description. So click that link if you want to listen to the Spotify version. And then also the take.sport.blog. I am a sports writer. So go ahead and check out those articles. If you guys do not click that link, you guys are going to be missing out on some of the best articles you'll ever read. So make sure to go click that link below. But let's go ahead and get into this pod, you guys. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to yet another episode of The Take Podcast. I am your host, the Jackson Burleson, of course. And in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. Now they, I think, can revive their season and turn this thing around. They are sitting outside the play-in right now but they're only three and a half games back of the sixth seed in the western conference and the trades they made in the trade deadline are very significant to what they're trying to do which is win a championship and i think they made the right moves to at least get close to that goal i think d'angelo russell was a fantastic pickup I love his game. He can actually shoot the basketball, unlike Russell Westbrook. And he's an amazing passer as well. I mean, I was watching the Lakers last night play the Pelicans. And D'Angelo Russell was throwing some no-look lobs to AD and really kind of utilizing the pick and roll at a level that LeBron was doing. And I was just really impressed. I was like, wow. And then you see kind of D'Angelo Russell, you know, patting his teammates on the back, you know, encouraging them. I just see a culture change in Los Angeles. I just see a different team on the court than I did before they made all the trades at the deadline. There's a big difference between the team now and then. And, you know, they picked up Jared Vanderbilt, who is also a elite defender. That is going to really help them in the postseason so LeBron doesn't have the guard all the best players that'll really take the weight off him and then also getting Mo Bamba is very very critical to making their front court more present on the defensive end they do have Anthony Davis but getting a guy that is seven foot three that can block shots I think that is very very important just to take the load off of Anthony Davis a little bit so he doesn't have to play the five and so he can just play the four, shoot the ball on the perimeter. I just think, you know, Mo Bamba is going to be a very underrated move. And he's a good player. I mean, he hasn't really shown that coming out of Texas, being such a high pick, coming in with all the hype. But he, I think this is where he kind of revives his career. And then they have Rui Hachimura coming off the bench. I think he's a very excellent bench piece. You know, he's big. He can play defense. He can shoot the ball. He can take it to the basket. He can create his own shot. Like if you can get guys that can create their own shot around LeBron James, you have a team that has a chance of making it out of the Western Conference. And they also got another guy who can create his own shot and Malik Beasley. Now Malik Beasley, he can shoot the three. He can come off the catch and shoot. I just like what he is able to do for this Los Angeles Lakers team. 
And, you know, another player that I do really like is Austin Reeves. He's already been on the team. He's second year in the league. He is really starting to make strides as a player. He's starting to become more confident. He's starting to shoot the ball more. He's starting to do a little bit more off the dribble. I just think the Los Angeles Lakers got so much better, and their bench is so much deeper than it was before because prior to the trade deadline, they had no bench whatsoever. They just had their starting five. That was it. They had Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench. That's about it. Now you got Dennis Schroeder and all those guys I just mentioned coming off the bench, which is fantastic because the Lakers now actually have a chance, in my opinion, to win an NBA championship with this team. You got LeBron James averaging 30 points per game at 38 years old, which is unprecedented. No one has ever seen that. And then you got Anthony Davis, who is a healthy Anthony Davis, who's not hurt right now, and he is able to play at an elite level. And then you got rid of Russell Westbrook, who honestly I think was killing the vibe of this entire team because, first of all, he was not a good shooter at all. He wasn't very, you know, in honed with the team concept of what the Lakers were trying to do. I mean, he was getting arguments with the coaching staff. He wasn't really doing what the Lakers wanted him to do or expected him to do. And that was probably the dumbest trade they could have done. But the fact that the Lakers waited this long to trade Russell Westbrook, I don't know what they are thinking by waiting this long. Like, what kind of benefit did you get out of waiting this long for trading Russell Westbrook? I think they were trying to see if it was going to work out because him and LeBron are friends, and I think LeBron just wanted to see how much longer it would take for this to kind of, you know, start to gel together. Because remember, you guys, Russell Westbrook came into Los Angeles as a star. And now he is leaving Los Angeles, maybe not even being able to play on an NBA team. I think that is a high possibility. Now, I have heard you know rumors of him coming to the Miami Heat. Honestly, I don't really like that. I don't. He can't shoot. Guys, Russell Westbrook can't shoot the basketball. Like, why would we need to go get him? Why? The only reason I see a need for the Miami Heat to get him is because he's a point guard and Kyle Lowry's old. But to be fair, Russell Westbrook is getting old as well. So I don't even know what that really does for us. But, you know, Russell Westbrook, I think he's honestly done. I think he needs to retire. And it's it's so crazy how Russell Westbrook's career has went. Because he's went from, you know, being a Hall of Famer, being compared to Oscar Robertson. And then not even being considered a Hall of Famer now. I mean, are you actually serious? Like, that's such a turn in your career. Like, ever since Russell Westbrook has left Oklahoma City, just ha- his career hasn't been the same because, number one, he hasn't been the focal point of the offense. The only time Russell Westbrook has ever been successful in this league is when he either has a superstar like Kevin Durant who can shoot the basketball at an elite level or if he's the focal point of the offense and he hasn't been the focal point of the offense in like five or six years now like when he was in houston he wasn't the focal point of the offense james harden was when he was in washington he was not the focal point of the offense bradley beal was i mean there's just a lot of you know things that russell westbrook it's out of his control but you know he went from being one of the best players in the league to being possibly not even a hall of famer i mean let me know in the comments what you guys think do you think russell westbrook should be a hall of fame point guard 
I personally don't think so, but let me know what you guys think. But, you know, aside from, you know, Russell Westbrook, he could be bought out from the Utah Jazz, and there's three teams that could be possibilities. You know, the Miami Heat, like I just said, um, the Los Angeles Clippers are also a possibility. I don't know how that'll work out. I mean, you know, the only reason I see that working is because Paul George is there, and him and Paul George are pretty good friends. They played together in Oklahoma City, so that's the only thing I can really see that happening. But, you know, the Utah Jazz was the third team, but I don't really see them. I see them buying out his contract. I don't see them really wanting him, even though the Jazz could probably use him. But I just don't see, you know, any team really wanting Russell Westbrook. And I've heard the Miami Heat want him, but, like, I don't understand why. But this year, it just it's just so interesting. The trade deadline changed a lot of, like, you know, the title contenders and, you know, teams that were title contenders at the beginning of the year are not now. Like, the Brooklyn Nets, they are not title contenders anymore. But you look at teams like the Phoenix Suns, who I really thought, you know, were very overrated. But now with Kevin Durant, there is no question in my mind that they will at least make the Western Conference Finals. I think I think that'll be bound to happen. And is this the year that Chris Paul finally gets a ring? Will he finally get that championship ring? I think it's a very high possibility. That's all he's missing. But what Kevin DeBrant brings to the table is shooting and just pure elite scoring. I mean, he's probably the best scorer I've ever seen in the game of basketball. Just everything he can do at a seven-footer. I mean, he can take it off the dribble. He can shoot it from anywhere. I mean, he's one of the best shooters in the league. And I see this chemistry, you know, gelling well together between Devin Booker and Kevin Durant because they don't really need the ball to be effective. Even though they're really elite scorers, they don't need the ball necessarily to, you know, be able to affect the game. Now, they are both great at getting off the dribble and making their own shot that way. But there's a lot of, you know, things that are going to go into you know, the Suns being an elite team. And I think DeAndre Ayton is going to be a very important factor in them making the finals. Because if DeAndre Ayton shows up, gives you 20 and 10, plays elite defense down low, I think that'll be the difference maker for the Phoenix Suns. Even with Kevin Durant, I think DeAndre Ayton is still the guy that's got to show up for them to be that team. And, you know, the, the surprising thing to me is the Suns are sitting at the fourth seed in the Western Conference, but the Sacramento Kings are at the three seed. Now, I don't really see them doing much in the postseason, but De'Aaron Fox is looking like he can be a real, real superstar in this league. And DeMontis Sabonis is just a very good complimentary second option. I think him and Fox play very well together. I could see the Kings... Making it to the second round, I really I really do think they can make it to the second round. But if you would have told me that the Kings would have been a three seed at this very moment in time at the All-Star break, I would have said, what? Like, what, what, are, you, what are you taking? But I think, you know, the Western Conference is a deeper conference than we may give it credit for. You know, you got the Denver Nuggets, who are a very underrated team. They're the number one seed, and they don't get the appreciation that they should. Nikola Jokic is MVP, and he will win MVP. That is just my personal opinion. I think, you know, what he is doing at a, with a, a seven-foot center, he's a point guard. He's a point center. Nikola Jokic is the first point center you will ever see in the game of basketball. And 
for people saying that Joel Embiid is way better than Nikola Jokic, I just don't think that's the case. I mean, Embiid can't beat you passing the ball. He has to be able to score, and he has to be able to rebound. If those two things aren't coming his way, he's not really that dominant. I mean, you saw it last year against the Miami Heat. Joel Embiid can get shut down, and if you make him pass the ball, he's not really that effective. But if Nikola Jokic is passing the ball, that's exactly what he wants because he wants to pass the ball and he wants to make those cross-court passes because he does that all the time. He doesn't need to score the ball. Nikola Jokic can get 10, 10, and 10 and still have the Nuggets winning games. Simple as that. I mean, just, they're not, you know, they have perfect pieces. They're not an insanely good team, but they have perfect pieces. They got Jamal Murray. He's a very good point guard for Nikola Jokic. He can shoot it. He's very athletic. He can cut to the basket. They also got Michael Porter Jr. He's a very good player. And Aaron Gordon, who's also a very good player, who can play very good defense. I just like the Denver Nuggets. And I think they have a very good chance of making the NBA Finals. I think, you know, them and the Clippers are the two best teams in the Western Conference. That's just my opinion. But I think the Clippers and Mavericks will be the in the Western Conference. I'm going to stick with that. I think that's just going to happen. I've said, that, said this in other podcasts too, but I just want to make sure I'm clear. I'm not changing my uh, championship prediction either with the Clippers winning in the entire thing. I think the Clippers are just a very underrated team because they've got, first of all, they picked up Eric Gordon, who I think is a very big pickup. He's a veteran. He knows how to win in this league. He's been on the Clippers before. And then you got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, of course. I mean, those two guys alone have just really kind of you know brought the Clippers to another level and you know you can say all you want about Kawhi Leonard you know his load management him you know not being on the court all the time I mean I just think that he still playoff time he's one of the best playoff players of all time and you still got Terrence Mann you still got Marcus Morris I mean you still got Zubak Nicholas Patoon Mason Plumley. I mean you still got a lot of guys that are going to come off the bench. Robert Covington, Norman Powell when he's healthy. I mean, I just really like this Clippers team. They have a lot of good pieces. I think they did lose Reggie Jackson. I think that was a very big loss for them. But, I mean, we'll see. If they can get Russell Westbrook, I think, you know, replacing the point guard spot, I think they have a hole in the point guard spot. And I think Russell Westbrook would be a very important piece for the Clippers to add there. But I just see you know a lot of potential for this Clippers team I really do I I just think they're going to do a lot of damage this year and the Western Conference is going to be a very interesting conference I just don't see you know some teams are better than others I mean the New Orleans Pelicans when they get Zion Williamson back you know there's no telling what they can do I mean they got Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum alongside him so I think they could make a run as well and before Zion got hurt they were number two in the Western Conference. Like, don't forget that. They may be sitting at number eight right now, and they have been on quite a losing streak. I mean, they lost 10 games in a row at one point, but I think the Pelicans can turn it around, and they're very dangerous if they're in that play-in spot because they're going to have teams like the Pelicans and uh, Suns going at it in the first round. That could be a very interesting series. And last year, we saw what happened when they didn't even have Zion. The Suns went six games with the New Orleans Pelicans. I think that would be a very tough series for the Phoenix Suns because Valanchunas down low. I think Valanchunas is a very important piece to them having success. I mean, he's a very good rebounding big man. He doesn't ever let up on the offensive glass. 
I mean, I saw them playing against the Miami Heat uh, about a month ago, and Valanciunas is just always hustling. He's always trying to get the ball. He's very physical. I mean, I just like his game, and I think he's very important to the success that the New Orleans Pelicans will have. Now, obviously, Zion Williams is the key to all that, but if Jonas Valanciunas can rebound, that is going to change everything. And every single team in the Western Conference is a good team. I think the Timberwolves also have a chance to make a run. They still got Carl Anthony Towns. They still got Anthony Edwards. But losing D'Angelo Russell, we'll see how that kind of impacts. But I think Anthony Edwards is going to have to step up a little bit more because they don't have that scoring that they once had. They lost Malik Beasley, who was also a very important piece to their run last year, and making that series with the Memphis Grizzlies a series. I think that was a very important you know, thing for them. But Western Conference is going to be very interesting the way it plays out. You still got a lot of teams that aren't in the play-in, like the Portland Trailblazers, the Los Angeles Lakers. I think those three teams can really make an impact in the play-in. That's just my personal opinion. Then you got the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference, you still got the Boston Celtics, but the Milwaukee Bucks, they could possibly be the best team in the league with Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, who's by far the best defensive point guard in the game of basketball right now. I think what he is doing on the defensive end is honestly unprecedented. I think he could be very well defensive player of the year. I think that is just my personal opinion on Drew Holiday. But I do like the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, the only problem is, you know, Embiid can't beat you passing the ball. I said this earlier, you know, Embiid's very easy to shut down. He's hard to stop, but if you figure out how to stop him, the Sixers don't really have anyone else besides Tyrese Maxey and, and James Harden. James Harden in the postseason, we saw him last year. He hasn't really been that great in the postseason as of late. So I don't really have my faith in James Harden there. You know, Tobias Harris is kind of shaky. Um, and Tyrese Maxey, he's, he's a young player. I mean, I don't really know what he's going to do, to be honest. He's, he's good. I mean, I like his game, but I just don't think, you know, he can lead this team to the postseason if Joel Embiid isn't there producing 30 point per game numbers i just don't see that happening but the cleveland cavaliers they played them last night and they almost lost that game they were the cleveland cavaliers were down by 27 points at one point and almost came back and beat the 76ers that is one thing that i really am worried about the 76ers is because they can't hold a lead for nothing they can't hold the lead for the life of them now, I don't really like Doc Rivers as a coach anyways because I saw what happened with him in Los Angeles in 2020 when he blew that 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets. And he couldn't get anything done with that team. So, I don't know. I think Doc Rivers is a very overrated coach. I just think the Philadelphia 76ers are going to have a second-round exit this year. And... That's just what's going to happen, just like last year. I mean, they lost to the Miami Heat or weren't as talented as them, but they still lost. And, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers are notorious for losing in the second round. I mean, you saw it with Ben Simmons when he was there. They lost to the Toronto Raptors. But I think the Cleveland Cavaliers can make the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, the way Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell play together is just outstanding. They have such good chemistry. Darius Garland, I love his game, but... One guy I really love on the Cleveland Cavaliers is Evan Mobley. I think Evan Mobley is going to make a very big impact on the postseason this year. I think you know his presence down low, his versatility to take the ball outside the paint, shoot that mid-range, shoot the three ball as well. But he's also got that length that 
can really deteriorate offenses from scoring the basketball. I mean, I think he's just a very good player defensively. And, you know, they got also got Jared Allen down low. He's a very good defensive player as well. Karis LeVert is also a very good player. They still got Kevin Love, who's a very good, savvy veteran who knows how to win in big games, who's been to NBA Finals multiple times. I think he's a very important piece to not just, you know, being on the court, but, you know, the mentorship he's going to be able to give those younger guys and, you know, to be able to kind of, you know, lead them into the playoffs. I think he's the leader of that team, even though he's not the best player. I think Kevin Love is going to have to, you know, show off his veteranship and his leadership and, you know, show these guys how to get it done in the postseason. And I think, you know, he's going to have some big games in the postseason when it comes time in April. But, I mean, the Eastern Conference is absolutely loaded. I mean, you still got teams that are outside the plan, like the Chicago Bulls and the Indiana Pacers, that can still kind of make some noise. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton is an all-star. That's kind of a shock to me. But, I mean, he's a very good player. I like he's win- I like what he's been doing. I mean, he's been passing the basketball. Very good in the pick and roll. Him and Miles Turner have a chemistry like no other. And the Pacers, you know, they got Buddy Heald. They got... Benedict Mathurin. I just see them making it to the play-in. I think they're going to be a very dangerous team come playoff time. And then the Chicago Bulls, first of all, you guys, they are underperforming so badly. I I just can't believe that the Chicago Bulls are not even in the play-in at this very moment. They got Zach Levine. They got Kobe White. They got DeMar DeRozan. They got Patrick Williams. They got Nikola Vucevic. And I don't want to hear anything about Lonzo Ball. Just because Lonzo Ball isn't healthy doesn't mean that this Bulls team should not be at least a top five seed in the Eastern Conference. They're underperforming so badly, and they've been doing it the past couple seasons. The Chicago Bulls honestly should have traded Zach Levine. I don't know why they didn't trade Zach Levine, but they should have. They very should have. Like, I don't know what is wrong with them. Like, the Eastern Conference, it's just a weird conference because... You know, you got the Atlanta Hawks, who, by the way, how is Trey Young not an all-star? How is Trey Young not an all-star? How? How in the world is he not an all-star? But I do like the New York Knicks. Jalen Brunson, he should be an all-star. Julius Randle, he's been having a monster season. I just like the way they play. They play hard. You know, they got a lot of good young pieces rj barrett he's been a very good player this year i just think the new york knicks they can make a run if they have the right matchups i think they can at least make the second round and they can make some noise and you know it's good to see new york knick basketball doing well without the star power that you know they thought they should have had i mean it's honestly hilarious to kind of look back on the, the Kyrie and kd signings in brooklyn and to think that the knicks did as good as the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets didn't make one conference finals when they had those guys. But for the New York Knicks, they didn't win one championship and neither did the Brooklyn Nets. So honestly, for James Dolan, he looked like an idiot when he didn't sign you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie or didn't even offer them. But now looking back on it, you just think, wow, that wasn't honestly a bad trade because they still had cap space. They wouldn't have been able to go get Jalen Brunson, who's a very young player who can turn into a superstar. They wouldn't have been able to go and get Julius Randle. They wouldn't have been able to extend him. You know, a lot of things wouldn't have happened and wouldn't have been in place. And I think Tom Thibodeau wouldn't have been the coach of the New York Knicks, who I think is the perfect coach for this team. But I think the New York Knicks can do some real damage.
But the Eastern Conference, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. I still think the Boston Celtics are going to come out of the Eastern Conference. But I think it's going to be the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. I just think those two teams are playing so well. They have such deep benches. They have the star power. They have the defense. They have the length. I just don't see those two teams getting beat by anybody in the Eastern Conference. But this is going to go ahead and do it for today's episode of the Take Podcast. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode very much. Um, If you guys could go ahead and hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, so you guys can get notifications when I post podcast episodes. But this is going to go ahead and do it. I am your host, Jackson Burleson, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.